So tonight I want to look at uh, what goes on in the mind when we remember, when we mem- remember things that we have uh, felt or sensed or thought in the, in the past. Because it, it's through this activity, which is uh, operating out of the perception conda, it's part of the perception conda, and our attachment to it, that we get a very real sense of the past. We have a very real sense of something back there, my history, my past, uh, and give it a reality that it, it doesn't really have um, beyond the fact that right here, right now, we're remembering. <laughs> you know, it's all something that's happening very much in the present moment. And uh, identification with this is very much a key player in keeping us out of touch with the present moment. Uh, you know, the, the, the habit of the mind to get tied up in what is really just a, a mental function, a mental activity, and to breathe it into life, to get caught in it, to um, uh, linger there for some time even, um, is very much a, a part of both creating, in a way it creates a bias in the mind against now, and it keeps us out of touch with this present moment. You know, it, it, you only have to meditate a little bit <laughs> to see how much time uh, one spends thinking about things that have happened, going over and over and over things that have happened in, in the past. And so, you know, uh, I think it's brilliant that the Buddha sheds the spotlight on this. He says, basically, uh, have a look and see what's going on with all of this. Because the promise of it in practice is such that um, because this activity is actually happening very much in the present moment, we're here when we're remembering. Um, If we can train the mind uh, and develop the habit of beginning to see it as remembering and know it as such, you know, see, this is a thought, I'm thinking, I'm remembering, then you never leave. You know, you're right here. You still, you, you haven't left this moment and gone um, into some reverie <clears throat> or recollection. And, and you can be here uh, in this present moment a lot more fully. So, you know, it, it merits our attention just to contemplate uh, what's going on here. So uh, our objective here then is to see the, the truth, um, even if it's only for a moment. And this can be enormously powerful. Uh, you know, many people report in practice that just having that moment where they go, ah, I saw it, you know, I saw it. Maybe uh, you're walking in on, on the loop or uh, just maybe standing in line uh, and getting your food in the dining hall. Or maybe after you leave here, you, you might be at the grocery store or in a bank and uh, up pops a thought about something that happened. And maybe the mind in that moment is just still enough to be able to see that as an arisen mental event that's happening right here, right now. You know, and if you're like me, when I saw this for the first time, it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm th- there isn't any past, it's, ha- it's now, it's now, Yeah? It was absolutely thrilling. I mean, I get a goosebumps just remembering, remembering that, <laughs> remembering seeing memory operate. Uh, and, and so uh, what happens is, is instead of breathing it back into life, then we just stay right here and we're here. We never left. And, and it's very, very powerful to, to I don't know, it, it, it's um, empowering to realize that one doesn't have to give oneself over to this every time uh, a memory comes into the mind. 
So, you know, the mind remembers, you know, it, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I mean, I don't understand it. I don't know how it happens. You know, it's enough to know that it does happen. It is a function. It is an activity, a capacity, if you will, of this mind, this human mind. Uh, and, and it's part of the apparatus of the mind. So in one moment, you might be uh, sitting here and up pops a memory, a pleasant memory, and you start to relive it, start to breathe it back into life, you know, and, and feel the pleasure all over again. <laughs> That's the good part. <laughs> uh, or maybe it's a painful memory, and that comes up. And we breathe that back into life, and you can feel the pain of that all over again. It's quite amazing. You know, there's a whole psychosomatic thing that happens uh, with this kind of recollecting. So, but what you begin to see over time as practitioners is that, you know, how the mind is still delighting in events that aren't happening, you know, that passed. Uh, or feeling the pain of, of events and still trying to deal with things that um, are long since gone. You know, it's over, it's done. But the mind is still t- trying to deal with it. And, and so the, the, the Buddha says that uh, perception in this sense, memory as we're talking about it here, is no more real than a mirage. <laughs> Except the fact that you're perceiving, but the content of what that perception contains is no more real than a mirage. Uh, and and um, that's something that's very much happening right now. So all of this is, is proceeding from the operation of the, the sanya khanda, when we want to, you know, it, at least sometimes shine a spotlight on it. So it's important to realize, however, at the outset as we're doing this, because one of the tendencies uh, when we hear some of these teachings and know, begin, or see it in our practice and begin to realize how much time we spend lost in thought, you know, and the, the pain of, of doing that, um, you know, it, it can, um, you can come up with the feeling that you're, you're not supposed to be doing that, you're not supposed to be remembering you know, well, good luck. <laughs> you know, you can't stop remembering. That it's, it's what the mind does. It's one of the things that the mind does. Uh, and then, but what we can do is learn to see it as such. And then, from that position, you've got options. You can actually discern whether or not to go with it. You know, and it's not, it's not to say that, that you never go with it. There's times to go with it, you know. There's a time and a season for everything. And so maybe, you know, you're getting together with the family and you're going over the fun you've had or the difficult moments. And, you know, these these can be very skillful. But the the trick is, or what we want to be able to do, is to know that that's what we're doing. Uh, And then you've got uh, options, um, whether uh, to... uh, kind of get tangled in it, in it or not, and the option just to stand back and know that that's what's happening. And, uh, and people can be tormented by memories if they don't see it in this way, if you don't understand it in this way. And I remember talking to a gal quite a number of years ago, uh, but it, was, it, it really stood out in my memory because um, she said this, she said, um, I haven't seen my sister for five years. 
I haven't seen her and I haven't talked to her for five years. But then she said, and our relationship gets worse every day. And I said, well, how could it be getting worse every day if you haven't talked to her, you know? But that's, what, that's the effect of this, you know, where the mind will fester, where the, 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 what, what was revealed is that the last encounter was a very unpleasant encounter. And uh, so much so that the mind was just reverberating with it and going over it and over it and over it. And every time one does, if it's a painful feeling, you can actually build on that painful feeling. The mind will actually create, a, a sort of um, intensify the story or compound it in one way or another. Uh, and this is what uh, she was stuck in. Uh, it was very interesting to, to, uh, to see it. But this is one of the manifestations of attachment to memory, attachment to perception, how it can play out. You've probably seen this. So there's so many things that one could zero in on. I realize we could probably talk all month about just about uh, memory and, and uh, uh, what goes on in this, because it's not just, it's not all painful memories, but um, given that they um, precipitate a lot of difficulty in our lives, uh, and the attachment to them does, I, I thought it would be most useful to look at the things that are most confusing and most painful, which is uh, essentially, uh, to my way of thinking, um, the pain that's associated with the memory of difficult moments, uh, imperfect moments, <laughs> those times when uh, we did or said something that we wish we hadn't, that kind of thing. Uh, so that ha- it has to do with uh, something that we've done. But then there's also the flip side of that, the pain that's associated with memories of things that were done to us or said to us or uh, acted upon. So just to look at these and and, uh, offer some thoughts that I hope will be useful to you. And this is something that happened on my first uh, three-month retreat. I was very green. I was one of those people that uh, came to meditation and just kind of dove in, you know. <laughs> I think I did one or two ten-day retreats before doing a, a, a three-month retreat. So I was very, uh, very much a novice um, and uh, had to knuckle down and learn a lot during that time. Still, I actually imagined that I would get enlightened during that three months, <laughs> you know, somehow at the end of it wear white and walk a few feet above the ground for the rest of my life, you know. <laughs> you, you get disavowed of that very quickly, don't you? <laughs> so anyway, um, th- what happened was a, a memory came up about a uh, painful and embarrassing moment that took place uh, at a convention years before. It was an embarrassing moment at a very public event, me on a stage in front of thousands of people. <laughs> so you can imagine <laughs> the, the pain associated with doing something stupid in that kind of a scenario. But I did. And um, so I got into this loop with it. And during the three-month retreat, it, it just kept repeating. It just kept coming up and over and over again. And you know, you can't... Get, you can't wrench away from it. You can't break free of it sometimes. Because I didn't understand how to do that. I didn't understand the whole dynamic of what was going on. Very much identified with that memory, you know. And, and, uh, and very green, as I said, in knowing uh, how to work with that. So I couldn't get it out of my head. And it was like, a, you know, if you've ever picked up a jingle or a song that you can't stop singing, 
You know, it's like that. We don't see that it's the fact that we like it or don't like it that keeps it going, you know. That, but, but I didn't know that at this point. So, uh, you know, but what happens is the more you want it to stop, the more it keeps going. And I really wanted it to stop. I got so sick of it, you know, I said, oh no, not again. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going to have a little bit of peace, you know, uh, and I might enjoy a little bit of peace and then it would come back, you know. Uh, and it was very, very difficult, you know. And uh, as I said, I didn't fully understand the whole meditative process. So I remember thinking, um, you know, is this what meditation is about? Is this what's going to, what I have to do? You know, I'm going to have to endure this kind of thing over and over again. And I asked myself, you know, wasn't it bad enough that it happened once? You know, <laughs> that was painful enough. And now I have, to re- I have to keep reliving it. It's like a thousand daggers, you know, it, 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 over and over again. And, and for some time in practice, uh, I actually had the notion that uh, this was some of what meditation was about. It was kind of work, letting your stuff come up and work it out, you know, uh, in one way or another. And uh, I realized in hindsight that it's just really coming from sort of the Western psychological model of this stuff. And, and to some extent there's some truth in that. That does happen, but that's not what meditation is about, per se. And, and so, anyway, for a long time I couldn't see what was happening with this. But and, you know, eventually, um, you get quiet enough, uh, you, you get uh, sk- a little more skilled in, in observing the activities of the body and the mind and the, the feeling tones and seeing them with some semblance of objectivity, just getting outside of it a, a, a little bit. And, uh, you know, so I, I was able to do that, enough to be able to say, um, okay, what's going on here? How is, what's going on? What's happening? And, and here's, here's some of the things that I saw and continue to see. You know, you, you remember and you can forget. But over time, the, the, the understanding um, stabilizes and you, and you find that you can uh, work with these things uh, consistently with some semblance of um, uh, stability. So, first of all, um, I, I began to realize... Um, for myself, which was, you know, was the, the important thing, that um, memories are not the actual event. <laughs> and you might say, well, duh, you know, <laughs> don't we know that? No. <laughs> it, we sure don't know. It, it doesn't play out that way. You know, when, when they're happening, it's, a, it's the same thing maybe with a fantasy. Like, you can't tell me when I'm caught in some really juicy fantasy that I'm not having a good time, you know? And it's the same kind of thing with painful memories. You know, you can't tell me when I'm caught in some painful memory that I'm not reliving it in some way, that it's not actually happening. But little by little, in, in, in silly ways, in, in, in ways that weren't apparent to me at the outset, things like, like, like I remember one time just opening my eyes, I was totally caught in a a memory, a painful memory, rehashing it, you know. Um, I opened my eyes and I was like, whoa, 
I'm in the meditation hall. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not in that thing. You know, or I'm in the dining hall, or I'm, I'm getting dressed, or whatever. You know, I, just to begin to realize that uh, um, I'm here. I'm not in that. That is something that's happening in my mind. And and uh, granted, um, it, it feels very, very real. But that was a huge um, awakening for me. It doesn't. Um, it may not seem like much. But look and see, do we actually know that in that the moments when we're remembering that this is not happening, that this is a memory, this is not the actual event. But over the years then I would, I would inquire even further. And, and you know, it was coming out of this sense that given that it was painful, just the rehashing, of the memory, the fact of being not being able to stop doing that, let alone being caught in the pain of that memory, which, as I said, gives rise. When when you're caught in some uh, memory of a painful event, you you can feel everything that you felt at the time that that was happening. All the psychosomatic symptoms will arise. And if it was a fearful thing, you'll feel feel fear. If it was an anxious thing, you'll feel anxious. You know, if it was uh, scary, that, that's what comes up. Hateful, all of it. And so, you know, I, I began to, to inquire and say, well, why, given that that's painful, and given that I'm, I'm getting stuck in uh, reliving something that was already enough as it was, you know, why, why can't I let it go? What, what's going on? What's the glue? What's the attraction? You know, what, what's happening that I'm not seeing here? And um, I, I began to notice this underlying view in the mind. And it was, it was quite fascinating to see uh, that somehow, whatever it was that I was remembering, shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have happened. Or, or if I had done something different, it wouldn't have happened, you know? Or it could have been some other way, if only, dot, dot, dot. Yeah? That kind of thinking, almost exclusively, was accompanying that, that memory. And sort of the driving mechanism for, uh, for the attachment. It's nuts. I mean, but this is the logic of the unawakened mind, you know. It shouldn't have happened. It's like, What? <laughs> you know, it, it did happen. <laughs> it did happen. You know, and and but the mind doesn't like that. It doesn't want to take that in. It's actually it's an, an interesting thing to contemplate too, because it's it's actually the pain of uh, that you're feeling in the memory. It's actually not even the the thing that happened. It's the pain that's accompanying the, the perception right now. You know that that the mind is scrambling to try to get free of. It's all really very much present time event that is going on here, but we can't we can't see it un- until we investigate it. So in- instead of, of uh, letting it be, the mind just keeps turning to these shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You know all of that stuff in the mind, and and, and with the ridiculous presumption that this is somehow going to help. You know. <laughs> If I, if I could just redo it, <laughs> it'll all be okay. You know that. Look and see. That's 
that's underlying all of this, you know. If only I had done otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. If only somebody had come to my rescue, it wouldn't have happened. But it did happen. And I didn't do otherwise, you know. And you can feel the mind going, ah! <laughs> it hates this. <laughs> I don't want it to be that way, you know. So it keeps going over it, uh, over it, and over it, and over it. And, it and, and if you look and see, it's like it's looking for a different outcome. It's looking for, uh, to fix it, to make it not be what it was, to come out where we're on top somehow, uh, and, and somehow eradicate that particular event. It's, it's fascinating. It's, it's so deluded. But there it is, you know, look and see. That's what the mind is doing. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, to, to be compassionate. I mean, we don't get do-overs, you know. There's a, there's a lot of uh, pain that one has to find a way to embrace. You know, we just have to keep going on in life uh, and, and find a way when this kind of thing comes up to embrace our history and embrace what took place in our lives and, and, and let it be. Um, but we can't do that. We can't open to it. We can't embrace it uh, as long as we keep go- going over it and trying to deal with it. Because that going over it and trying to deal with it is an attachment. It, it, it's, it's not seeing it clearly. We're caught in... Uh, an absurd relationship with it. And to the extent that we can drop that and just let the past be what it is, what it was, then um, it's incredibly helpful. And and I learned through the years, really, not to, uh, to discount the power of the simple meditation practice that we do. And we say, you know, pay attention to the breathing. If you get lost, if you wander, come back. You know, that, a lot of people think, you know, at least I did for a long time in meditation, thought it was about connecting with the breath and staying there. And it is to a certain extent, but it's much more about um, reestablishing yourself when you wander. You know, it's much more about uh, um, being here and, and remembering to be here. And so this, um, that kind of activity where the, the mind... Um, uh, is train is is we're training the mind to to stay put in the present moment. This can be very very helpful to deal with uh, the tendency to wander off with memories. So that kind of experience, you know, where you have embarrassing moments or something like that, that might seem uh, trivial, but, you know, not to discount them. They're painful all the same, and these are the kinds of things that tend to reverberate in in the years uh, following uh, those kinds of uh, moments. But uh, in a similar vein, we we all have moments. (laughs) We all have memories of moments where we were uh, maybe heedless, or thoughtless, or um, careless in one way or another, inconsiderate, um, where we might have hurt somebody, because um, the moment was not a perfect moment. (laughs) You know those? (laughs) We all have uh, a lot of those, I'm sure. And it's not an indictment, it's just the way it is in the unawakened state. 
So, you know, and, and, I, and I dare say that we all have um, things where we, we wish we did something different. We wish we um, uh, could have done, known better or done something in a different way or, or just something that we wish we did that we neglected to do. Those kinds of moments. These are the things that reverberate in, in the mind. And it's very common, one of the things that I hear a lot just talking to people about their lives and about practice is um, this kind of thing is common if you've been a caregiver, for example, where you've taken care of a loved one and uh, uh, maybe it was difficult at times. Or maybe I hear it a lot from parents, you know, they're they're reviewing their parenting especially as we get older, or especially as the kids come and tell us what we did wrong, you know, <laughs> and how, how we ruined them, you know. Um, but then, uh, or, or just in relationships, you know. I remember talking very recently to a gal who is just very troubled by a, a pattern that she has where she keeps snipping at her partner. And she keeps saying things like, you know, um, unkind things to her. She, and she, she doesn't want to do it, and she, these, these fester, <laughs> these reverberate in, in her mind. So we, we, all have, we all have moments like that, don't we? <laughs> we remember the things that we've done that maybe we wish we hadn't done, or we wish we had a do-over. Do so, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's finding a way to open uh, to those kinds of moments. Very powerful. You know, and I, I, I took care of my mom uh, for um, a number of months, the, the last six months of her life. I was the primary caregiver for her. And um, on one hand, I could say it was one of the richest, most beautiful times of my life in, in that I, be, I could see um, how much I loved her and the caring with which I, I was... Um, attending to her. But then there were, uh, there were a few moments. <laughs> there were those few moments. Really, over six months, maybe there were two or three imperfect moments where, I remember one night she just wouldn't sleep. She was so anxious, you know, she was so afraid of dying. And she kept me up all night and then I had to stay up with her all day. And by then I was just so wiped out you know, I got short-tempered and uh, impatient with her. And, you know, many months, many moments over those months of just so being there for her. And you know which ones the mind remembers. Yeah? I could do it. You can, we can do a gazillion things right, well, careful, heedful. And what do we remember? <laughs> what keeps reverberating, you know? It's amazing, isn't it? And, and thank goodness for, for practice. Because uh, with, without that, um, you know, we wouldn't have the equipment to be able to work with those kinds of moments well. To be able to see memory as memory. And, and just let, like, let it move through. Let it be a painful memory. So one of the things that's um, very important um, in the Buddhist teachings is he, he reminds us in a number of suttas that feeling always arises with perception. Feeling and perception are like this. They're arising together all of the time. 
and uh, difficult, if not impossible, to separate them. You can selectively attend, but they're happening together. Yeah. So uh, feeling always arises with memory. And, and so this means that if there's a painful feeling associated with a, a particular memory, then um, that painful feeling is going to arise every time that memory comes up. <laughs> And that, that is really worth contemplating. It's not personal. It's not uh, me. It's just the way the mind operates. It's just how, how things uh, play out here. But if we don't see it, then what happens is that when that memory comes up and the pain comes up with it, then we breathe it back into life uh, and start to deal with it all over again. And the dealing with it takes the form of longing for it to be some other way and resisting the way that it is. Yeah? And we know about longing and resisting. You know, the Buddha talks about this in the, his very first instruction to us in the teaching on the Noble Truths. In the second Noble Truth, he's pointing to sort of the becoming and the non-becoming. The, the longing and the leaning into and the pushing away and the resisting as the cause of suffering. <laughs> this is the suffering. So, I mean, this is very interesting reflection uh, um, as it uh, applies here. You know, that it's the longing and the resisting that is the suffering. We're, we're actually compounding uh, what is already a, a painful condition when we respond in that way but the mind that doesn't see clearly will persistently respond in that way. And we want to be able to see this. You know, it, it, it's trying to cope, it's trying to fix the content of that memory, but far from fixing it, it's actually um, ensuring its return. It's, in, it's digging us deeper in, it's creating an attachment to that memory that um, uh, just keeps it uh, vital, keeps it alive, uh, and keeps the delusion going <laughs> in relation to it. It's fascinating stuff, isn't it? Yeah, really, really good to, to look into it. So there's another aspect of this, though, that's worth mentioning, and um, uh, I wanted to put it in here because it's a, it's a player, definitely. Um, you know, if we have an image of ourselves as somebody who doesn't do stupid things, who isn't hurtful at times, who isn't foolish, um, or uh, 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 inconsiderate, you know, then what happens is the mind um, can't hold it when we are that way. It not only can't hold it, it may not even see it. Because the perception of ourselves overrides what actually is. You, you, you live in the perception of yourself, not in what it is that we, we actually do. They become the filter through which we see and, and accept. So what's going on here, if you can see what plays out when it comes to, to, to memories, you know, is not only do you have a memory that you're not seeing clearly, but you have a sense of you that we're not seeing clearly. You know, and so you get this, what I call a complex constellation of delusion, you know, going on uh, simultaneously. So we're not just caught in the memory, we're also caught in the perception that we have about ourselves.
So, so gradually, um, just to deal with this in my own practice, what, I, what I've uh, be, begun to do uh, through the years is just to, um, in, in a way, just by being with what is, being with the way I actually am, you know, opening to it as such, just uh, over the years being able to expand this view I have about myself. And interestingly, it's, it's works simultaneously, I've expanded the view I have of other people, you know, to include these things, to include these um, hurtful, uh, foolish, difficult uh, uh, actions through body, speech, and mind. So then when you can do that, um, then uh, when these kinds of memories come up, of the stupid things we did, and the, the embarrassing, the hurtful things that we did, then um, you're, you're much more capable of handling them with the proper attitude. Because you, you let, we let it in. The mind isn't resisting. I'm not that kind of person. It's not, it's not doing that. So, so you get something more like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> that oh yeah, that happened. Uh, that's, that's something um, that I'm capable of. Uh, and there, there, um, in, in that kind of thing, then we're, it's been fascinating to watch. I mean, much more likely to accept responsibility for um, harmful actions, hurtful actions, uh, and uh, to um, ask forgiveness where appropriate, to apologize. You know, I, I, I find that, I bet you do over the years of practice, much more likely to say, oh my goodness, forgive me. I can't believe I just said that. You know, and, and so the thing doesn't fester. You know, it doesn't get, get uh, stored in the mind as a memory of something that we're trying to push away. It just gets dealt with in real time, in present time. And, and I love that. You know, we don't get lost in trying to fix and change things because um, we've dealt with it right as it's happening. And so again, I, I've, I've found it actually very, very helpful to realize and to see for ourselves through direct observation um, that the, um, the pain associated with painful memories will always arise with that, even after you've seen it. It's like, I, I think sometimes, I know I did this, I, th- I thought, well, I've seen it now, it's, it's, it shouldn't hurt anymore. You know, you have, we can have an idea that if I can... Uh, process this somehow, then uh, I'm going to somehow flatten the emotional response that goes with it. And uh, it's, it, it's just, it's not the way it works. The, this, the memory and the pain associated with that memory uh, go together. And they're always going to arise together. So, uh, oh, but over time, as, uh, as we slowly uh, embrace um, who we are, the patterns and habits that arise in, in, in this being, uh, as we slowly embrace what happened in our lives, as we embrace our past, our history, you know, as we embrace our karma, essentially, then um, the, the reactivity to it, when the memory of that comes up, uh, begins to diminish and soften. You know, where, where you, you're, you're holding it, you're allowing that this is your history, this is the way you are. And so, in, in a way, a, a kind of a healing takes place, 
But it's not the healing that the unawakened mind is trying to do. The, the, the unawakened mind is trying to fix it, change it, make it not be that way, and then everything will be all right. You know, but, uh, but the, the uh, practice-oriented way of dealing with it is opening, receiving, accepting, allowing uh, what um, our history is, what our experience is, and, and um, e- even accepting uh, the pain of it, allowing that to be. So it's kind of interesting to, to realize, to practice, that um, painful memories uh, don't go away. They, they will always be there. <laughs> you know, but the, the, it's also good to realize that they don't have to go away. It, it's not, uh, that's not the objective here. The objective is to see clearly how it's happening and um, to be able to hold it in a way that allows us to um, work with it as skillfully as possible. And I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, because it's, this, it's the same kind of process that goes on. You know, we've been talking about things that we've done, uh, things that have, uh, 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 maybe we wish we hadn't done. But there's also the pain, uh, uh, painful memories or pain associated with memories of things that have been done to us. And uh, it, but you know, you can think, well, that's a different process, but it really is essentially the same process. Uh, our memories can be extremely afflicted, and what happens then is that um, when you know, if we've had the experience of being harmed in in one way or another perhaps in our youth, or, or even just today. I mean, it might be minor things, but um, what happens is we continue lingering in the, in the memory of that, and uh, we can be afflicted by it for a long time afterwards, because we're not seeing memory clearly. You know, so that every time the memory comes over you, it's like you're afflicted by it, and now you've got to be afflicted by it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And, and so we have this uh, uh, effect, really, of maybe perceiving ourselves as uh, wounded in some way. You know, I had this hurtful thing happen to me, and because of that, um, I'm a wounded person. And we define ourselves as being that way, and, and uh, have to experience it over and over again. And, and I certainly thought that way. Uh, for many years uh, prior to practice and 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 yet um, early on when one of the first I think it was the first time I went to the monastery at Amaravati in England and uh, Ajahn Sumedho was giving a talk about the wounded child and uh, I heard things in that talk that I'd never heard before and never thought of it this way before it was very very helpful but the the, the crux of it was this and he, he said You'll never be free as long as you think of yourself and keep perceiving of yourself as a wounded child. You'll never be free. And, and I offer that because it, it was enormously helpful to me to contemplate, just to contemplate that. What, why that would be true and um, how to, um, in a way, uh, transcend that, understand it. So admittedly, though, it's complex. I realize it's, you have to be careful talking about this because one certainly doesn't want to diminish uh, 
the, the fact that human beings can do some pretty nasty things to one another. And uh, perhaps uh, some of us have been on the receiving end of some painful uh, actions. So we don't want to diminish that. Uh, there, there's a lot of pain in our lives. But, but um, it's just that I think what we're pointing to here is that our common response of, of sort of entering that memory and trying to sort it out, I, I think what the Buddha is saying is that that is not liberating. <laughs> that will not free you. Uh, and that's what Ajahn Sumedho was pointing to. Because what ends up happening is that we end up attaching to the very thing that we're trying to overcome. Because we keep attaching to it, being breathing it back into life, reliving it in one way or another, trying to sort it, trying to make it be some way other than the way that it is. So there are very skillful ways of doing that, but uh, there's also some unskillful ways to do it. So it's not, uh, the thing is, it's not just the memory that we grab. We actually are grabbing all the emotional and psychological baggage that goes with it and doing that over and over again. So, you know, just to contemplate, you know, trying to fix things that happened um, while completely and utterly understandable, <laughs> totally understandable, is it, not possible. It, waking up uh, is a lot more, uh, much more about opening to embracing and, and receiving this. That the heart needs to see it needs to feel it and allow for it, allow for the pain of it. Uh, this is very much tied up with insight into dukkha. So the, the kind of thing that I'm including in harm done to us by others, um, it can range from, you know, uh, mistreatment at the hands of other people to just the kind of daily slings and arrows that we experience. Many of us, you might, you might have experienced many today, you know, they're just minor things, maybe, but uh, they're, they're the things that reverberate. You know, the, the gesture, the slam door, the noise, the, the snoring, the, you know, whatever it is. Uh, these things uh, uh, reverberate in the mind. And just to consider, you know, how many hours, how many hours have you spent on the cushion or, in, you know, walking around in daily life just uh, trying to... Uh, deal with this kind of thing, <laughs> going over it, you know, trying to figure out um, how to be with it. And, and I guess the invitation here is just to contemplate, you know, would, wouldn't it be great not to have to do that anymore? And, and understanding what's going on with memory and attachment to memory uh, will be, is it's kind of like the ticket, the ticket out. So, and the key is just uh, found in, in understanding uh, memory as perception that arises when the conditions are right for it to arise. And it arises with all of the feelings and the impressions uh, that uh, accompanied uh, the original event and probably some new ones that have been added along the way. Uh, and, and learning to, to let that happen learning to let that rise and pass away. And uh, it, it might, you might experience a momentary dagger in the heart, 
But what, uh, what we need to be able to see is just to uh, be with it, uh, with it, some semblance of non-attachment, and be able to see it arise. See it, see it take form, see it reach its pinnacle, and, and see it pass through. That's all it is. It's an arisen phenomenon, a memory. And it will carry, and then you'll feel the pain of it. You know, when, when it comes up, it's like, <sighs> if you can hold it in the right way. It comes up, it passes away. It comes up, it passes away. Yes, that did happen. Yes, it was very hurtful. You know, to know it that way, but to know that we're remembering. And uh, we can remember the pain of it, and we can feel it, but not to um, attach in such a way that one uh, either starts to feed it, uh, or starts to try to uh, deal with it, or fix it, or make it not be the way that it is. It's the same thing that goes on with every inhale and exhale. (laughs) It's the same exact thing. Inhale, exhale. Rise, pass away. Everything that arises has, it's like, it has its three seconds of life. If that, I think three seconds is generous. Without attachment, it's a blip on the screen. It just moves uh, very quickly through. And so we can learn new ways of, of relating to it so that we're not carrying this huge burden around. You know, one of the, the quotes of the Buddha that stays with me through the years is he talks about attachment to the aggregates as um, carrying a, a huge rock. And he says, that's what it's like when you attach to the aggregates. And all you need to do is put the rock down. <laughs> And it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a process of learning how to do that. But it is that simple. You know, put the rock down. So, you know, I would say, let it rise, let it pass away. But I would add this, and this is, you know, part of the playful part of practice, or interesting, or just, uh, you know, it, I have found it very, very helpful when it comes to painful memory in particular. So when it arises, know it's arising, and know that it hurt, know that whatever the thing is that you're remembering really hurt. And, and for the seconds that it's, it's here, give it all you got. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, and, and it, maybe it's my dramatic side, but I, I, that's what I'll do, I'll go like, Oh yeah, oh that was awful, oh I hated that, oh that was so horrible, oh that, was, oh, that hurt so much. There it is. That's how it goes, it, it comes up, it moves through, it comes up, it moves through. So you, we're not denying that. We're not denying that that happened, we're not denying that it was very, very painful. Um, we're allowing that completely. And, and, and in a way, getting out of the way so that it can do what it does. <laughs> it arises and it passes away. Very, very um, helpful uh, teaching from the Buddha to be able to see it. So just let, when perception arises in the form of memory, let it, let it be an arisen phenomenon. <laughs> Get out of the way. Let it rise. Feel it. You can't help it. That, that's 
goes with the territory uh, and let it, let it pass away. So do our level best uh, in these moments not to attach, not to breathe it back into life, not to relive it in any way except for the momentary um, feeling of the pain that's associated with it. So I offer you this for your reflection tonight. I hope in some way it's helpful. Let's just sit for a moment. So let's close with the sharing of blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.